0: Hello and welcome to the Wisdom Cricket Daily Podcast. You've heard the story before, England lose by an innings away from home. New Zealand bowled England out on the final day at the Bay Oval to claim the first test of the series by an innings and 65 runs. Neil Wagner was superb for the hosts, carrying the attack after Trent Bolt was taken off injured in the first session, finishing with figures of 5 for 44. As impressive as New Zealand were... England will be left ruining a selection of unnecessary shots. Root, Stokes, Pope and Archer followed Burns and Sibley yesterday in playing shots they just did not need to play when batting out for the draw. I'm Yazran and on the phone with me from the ground at the Bay Oval is the editor of the Wizard Almanac, Lawrence Booth. Lawrence, this might seem like quite a long time ago, but the first half of the day went quite well for England. What did you make of their initial approach in the morning where they... Seem to opt for survival from ball one.
1: Yeah, I mean they, they went out with instructions to find a way of, of batting out the day. However, that worked for each individual player. Now, most of them seem to take that to mean they're they just going to block their way to to a draw, uh, which you know is is fine. It's it's, it's worked before for England. They're not for a while. Um, it was interesting at right at the end the little partnership between Curran and Archer where they they put on fifty in no time. Made you wonder whether. If someone else had had a dart at some point, England might have got ahead of New Zealand's score and um, we're into that sort of runs-counting double scenario that we mentioned yesterday. But it it didn't happen. Um, England didn't quite have the uh, the wherewithal, the now, the spirit to to resist New Zealand and they've succumbed to their, I think, second heaviest
0: defeat by New Zealand in, in Test history. It was an odd one in that it was. It would be very. It's very frustrating for England in how they lost their wickets, but in the end, they weren't that far away from securing the draw. Was England's thinking still a bit muddled? Though they opted to bat more conservatively than usual, but Stokes, Root, Pope, Archer, they all, they all played shots they definitely didn't need to. Uh, for for all the talk of England's new measured approach, is it unrealistic to see instant results one test into the Silverwood reign?
1: to start, start winning games I mean I, I do I do agree with you that there were uh, it, was a, it was a confused approach today because on the one hand as you say they were trying to, to block their way to draw on the other some of the shots they played were, were, were not sort of um, synonymous with the kind of draw inducing test it was they, you know, it started with Joe Root poking a short one from De onto to De Gully Stokes uh, sort of cut one he could probably have left alone um, Chased a hopelessly wide one for the second time in the game. Just about the left alone one that hit the bottom of Stone. You know, Joe Denley was probably alone in a, a sort of being absolved from blame. He got a good one from from Wagner that reared and took his glove as he tried to leave it alone. So it, it was it was a mixed performance from England and they've you know they 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 look like a confused side at the moment. They're saying all the right things about batting big in the first innings and finding a way of taking twenty wickets overseas, but. Uh, they didn't bat back in the first innings. They threw away a score of 277 for four. 353 was never going to be enough. They needed 500. And then they took nine wickets, not 20. So an awful lot of work to do, you know, not just to get back into this series, which they need to do by winning uh, Hamilton. starts on, on Friday the second test, but, but turning themselves into credible force overseas. Now that, you know, the Ashes are two years away and, and, and frankly, Silverwood might be thinking that they need both of those two years
0: to to work on their on their game. And with a series in India next year as well that, that, that looks even more daunting. Um, on New Zealand, how, how impressed were you by Neil Wagner's spell today, particularly considering that he probably had to bowl more than he usually would do with Trent Bolt going off the field after just one over in the morning? Yeah, Wagner is, is an astonishing
1: cricketer, isn't he? When you look at the, the speeds, he, he, he notches up on the, on the speed gun. He's, he's about the same pace as Sam Curran. Um, so late 70s, early 80s on, on a good day but he just keeps going in, he knows what his role is, the batsmen know exactly what's coming, but generally speaking they can't resist him. Um, you know, he, he changed his angle, he changed, uh, he didn't always bowl bounces, he went full a couple of times, Josh Butler in particular, as we mentioned earlier, was, was done by a full one that he, he just ushered onto the base of Austin. Um he's a, he's a tireless bowler and a perfect foil to guys like uh, to Bolton South and even even the who was, who's was pretty steady in this game. Um, so yeah, it, the difference on the last day was Wagner, but let's face it, New Zealand, Bowled and batted their way into a into a position where they they were able to bowl last uh, uh, against England on a, on a pitch that started to to uh, perform tricks. Uh, and They fully deserve this victory.
0: Do you expect any changes to the England side for the second test?
1: <laughs> yeah, good question. I mean, it's it's going to be a classic, isn't it? Where the batsmen have failed twice, but they'll probably drop a bowler. Um, that that is what usually happens in these circumstances. Um, they'll look at this and say six hundred three for nine. With, with the bowling attack probably I mean, Chris Wokes is waiting in the wings but why not have a look at a couple of the new guys um, Saki Mahmoud is here, Matt Parkinson the, the Lancashire leg spinner this this test series doesn't count towards the ICC Championship and if Silverwood is serious about having a look at guys ahead of the Ashes in two years time then why not use the second test to see what these, these guys are made of, I mean whoever gets dropped will feel hard done by but, but that is uh, the ruthless nature test cricket on, on
0: this evidence England do have to shake something out. Well, thanks for chatting to us, Lawrence. Speak to you during the second test match. Thanks a lot, yeah, it was all the best. I'm with Ben Garner yet again. Ben, let's first go through some of the dismissals, in particular the the root dismissal. He half-heartedly cut a short ball from the Grand Home to Gully, and you could sort of see his muddled thinking in the shot. He initially wanted to, to smash it and then realised, oh, we're saving the game here best defend it and then it ended up doing neither and it went straight to Tom Nathan McGulley.
2: Yeah, that 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 basically exactly sums it up and that's a you couldn't have really asked for a more perfect encapsulation of where England kind of are as a test team right now, not sure really sure what their best method is. Or or maybe maybe if they know what their best method is, they don't quite maybe aren't quite good enough to to implement it yet. Or it just it's just a momentary lapses and that's all it takes in test cricket. Um, yeah, and it's, I mean, for Root itself, it's just the latest in a, a line of, of, of failures and which hasn't performed to the standard you'd basically expect from him. He averages 27 this year in test cricket. He averages now less than 40 with the bat as captain. It's hard to avoid, I mean, yeah, it's hard to avoid the conclusion that the captaincy is, is burdening him to the point where England are kind of losing the best years of like one
0: of the best batsmen they've kind of ever produced. He's still in his twenties. Yeah, with the England play, he can still play another eighty Test matches.
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and and uh, you mentioned though the well when we we're talking in the office that uh, Alistair Cook is is the is an example of a player who struggled a lot with the bats captain and then came back and had some more good years. So there maybe is some hope for it, and it's quite, it's one of those decisions that only like the England management can tell, but there should be some serious consideration over his long term future in the role especially cuz something that we've mentioned before on this pod it, it so much of england's planning is framed around the ashes in 2021 22 and it firstly it shouldn't be because all test cricket matters and especially with the World test championship but also they're going to play in india at the start of 2021 and play five tests there india at home are about as good as any test side have ever been at home they've la- they've won 4 they've had four innings wins on the bounce. England are going to do well to avoid losing by an innings in just one of those games. Like, and I don't, I don't really see how like a captain who's already gone through what Root has gone through is going to come through that really. So, like, it's just, it's just entirely fanciful to think he's going to be England, leading England into that. That doesn't mean he's not the man for, for right now. But yeah, it's. Uh...
0: But, but that's the thing, isn't it? It's unthinkable as those numbers would have been three years ago for Root, to average twenty-seven in a calendar year. No one. Or very few people were saying when he was appointed captain that this guy is a brilliant natural leader. It was more because there was a lack of other options. Are we not still in the same boat where there are, there, there aren't that many realistic options?
2: Yeah, that that is true. Yeah, and that's that's sadly the the, the main argument for keeping Root as captain. Uh, yeah, the, the 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 most realistic option to me, and I think to you as well as is, is Stuart Broad who didn't have a great time of it as T20 captain, but I don't think that has much much. T twenties didn't count back
0: then. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, it seems like he's got a pretty good cricket brain. I think I think also the fact that he um the fact that he's his legs, he's already secure, will probably take some of the prestige and the pressure off the role. It won't seem such a landmark moment that England are appointing their their captain for the next five years or whatever. They're just like picking the guy who's best suited to the role right now. And I think also you can imagine Broad bringing like a certain light touch to it that could help to kind of like alleviate or like disperse what's gone before so i I think there's a lot to recommend with that i think the one thing is is that say he was to become captain ahead of South Africa, he then wouldn't probably earn a place in the side for their tour of Sri lanka but that's
0: no bad thing right though you're talking about lowering the prestige of the role that that that's a prime prime example you could have the permanent test captain not on the team and that's not a big deal because england would have known that when they appointed him.
2: And especially if England are trying to groom whoever their successor should be, whether that's Joss Butler maybe or Rory Burns, whoever that happens to be, uh, that's quite a good way for them to, to get to grips with the role. I mean, Alistair Cook captained in two tests in Bangladesh uh, earlier in his career while Stroud had a bit of a break and then captained later on. It's uh, There's precedent for it, I think. Yeah, there's, there's, there's quite a lot to recommend. it. I think I, I quite like that idea.
0: But do you see a scenario where either Root actually resigns or England ask him to take a break from the captaincy
2: no it would be it would be a huge step to take this early on when they have made this quite bold claim that he's going to take him into 21-22 so it'd be very surprising for it to be after the next test it would, and it would, t- it would take it going quite badly wrong in South Africa for that to happen and England it, for, for, for all that's happened here they have quite a good chance in Africa who are a test team also on the wane uh, and New Zealand are like the, the the main the main reason England lost this test is because of how good New Zealand are really like they know how to play on flat pitches and they just utterly outplayed England in all departments basically.
0: Ollie Pope's dismissal was pretty poor too, spooning a very very wide one from Wagner to Sana who took a sensational catch, absolutely brilliant. Um, at that point of the day, I was thinking why aren't England batting even more conservatively? Uh, but then you made quite an interesting point about the mindset it takes to actually bat out a day. It's not as simple as go on go and do it. Um, South Africa were a team this decade who did it on a couple of occasions really well in India in uh, 2015. South Africa once scored 143 off 143 overs uh, to, to try and save a test. only hit 25 of 244 balls. You you were saying that that's that's not that's not so easy.
2: Yeah, well, there's there's a, there's a, f- a few things to say on this. Firstly, a lot of this comes from a very very good article by Alex Bowden on King Cricket. the Code uk that you can have a look at when he. Interviewed A. B. De Villiers to talk about the art of stonewalling. It's like it seems like the most uh, unlikely th- or the, th- the thing you'd least likely to ask A. B. Villiers is, is how you block a ball. But he, but he also scored forty three off I think about three hundred and fifty balls in that game. Also scored thirty three off two hundred and something balls against Australia in two thousand and twelve. So he he knows how to do it. And the thing, the thing is, is that it's like players bat best when they're not thinking about it. And we also underestimate just how much of like batting at the top level is really just about reacting you don't really make conscious decisions when something's coming down at you at 80 or 90 miles an hour because it's just it's just too quick to do that um so if if you add a conscious decision in there which is uh I'm deciding to set my stall out and to not play in attacking shots that's almost when you get caught in two minds and I mean as much as you saw that with Ollie Pope sort of like he definitely could have left that ball, but he's also probably hit before every single like wide full toss he's face in his career up until this point. Uh you also probably saw it in Josh Butler's dismissal, who, like thinking, I'm not gonna play any attacking shots, just didn't play a shot at all against the ball which smashed off stump. Um so and and I guess yeah the, the the other thing to mention is that those rear guards were like done by in in India, Amy De Villiers and Tashi Mamler, two of the greatest bats in the modern era and in Australia, Faf Du Plessis, who's also a very, very good test match and contributor as well. Also, in the India one, face a lot of spin where I think you can probably make more of a conscious decision to be like, I'm not gonna play any attacking shots. But against pace, like it's 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 not a split it's not even a split second decision, it's a reaction and I think you do it's 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 much harder than it's made to sound when you say just block it, but it's also something that England should be working towards. It doesn't it's not it's not exactly an excuse, it's just like, it's not like a moral failing to hit a wide full toss to, to extra to cover or whatever, you know.
0: Do you think the pitch's deterioration had anything to do with how today went? In the end, England were only 20 or so overs away from saving the test match. Archer and Curran batted uh, for a good 15 to 20 overs. Whilst there were a lot of bad shots, Joe Denley, who is probably the pick of the England batsman today, he got out to one that leapt unexpectedly and uh, caught his glove as it went through to the keeper.
2: Yeah, it was it was weirdly that, sort of pitch, wasn't it? There was never a stage where it was going up and down every single ball. Also, weirdly, every single bit of uneven bounce seemed to have been conveniently preceded by another ball in the exact same spot that had, like, gone a bit lower. It was it was really useful for the Sky team for that to have happened. Uh, but yeah, so, yeah, uneven bounce definitely played a part in the Denny dismissal who was, yeah, unlucky leaving one and it just it just got up too high and, and nicked him on the glove. Uh, and if you think back through the test, there were a few other instances of that and it's, it's funny because the pitch... Obviously, was in general a very flat one and quite a tough one to bowl on. But you also had like one in every about fifty overs, like something would happen. And I think that that that's almost in a way almost worse than the pitch just being flat because it makes it it's it's still a lottery in a sense. It's just like a lottery that's stacked in the favor of the batsman. So yeah, a, a funny old pitch. I mean, yeah.
0: We heard Lawrence's view on potential change for the second test match. He wants to see the two new young Lancashire lads in the team. What do you think?
2: I don't think I would make any changes. Um, I think England picked the right side. I think they were just outplayed. I also think that they should be trying to win every test they play. I don't know if it really. I mean, oh, I hated Matt Parsons to make his debut on this pitch. He'd have gone for. Mm. He could just gone absolutely around the park on a on a on a flat pitch. I mean, what what is the <laughs> where, where, where's the benefit in that really uh, I think we should like Leach's performance I think I think he actually bowled okay I mean he didn't get a lot of turn but and Santner did get a lot more turn when he bowled but actually in general spinners never take any wickets in New Zealand Santner's wickets here were the first by a New Zealand spinner since the last time England toured here like almost two years ago so yeah I, I mean I, I think England they, they've got to pick the team they think is going to help them level the series and I think that's the team that played here
0: yeah I, I wouldn't get carried away from an England point of view at all. New Zealand are a very good team. They're the second best team in the world. And it shouldn't be forgotten, this is a very, very inexperienced England team. I actually can't remember the last time England fielded a team this inexperienced. Seven of the 11 are yet to play 15 Test matches. For context, the most inexperienced Test cricketers in the New Zealand team are Mitchell Santner and Colin de Grandhome, who both playing their 19th Test match. Very few players instantly nail Test cricket, particularly ones as young as Pope. England fans are just going to have to be patient, Right. People like Pope, Sibley and Leach in particular really uh, demanded spots in the test side. And whilst it didn't go great in this game, England were only one and a half bad sessions away from securing a very comfortable draw against a very good team. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Um... If they scored 450 rather than 350, which they should have done, and it was only... Basically, through a few brain farts, so that didn't happen. It doesn't matter if New Zealand scores six hundred. This that that's a bore draw that even doesn't get close to a result.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think I think that does shine the light on actually, in a way, quite how bad England played. And and it's been said a lot, but the key passage was that second morning when they lost those three wickets. But yeah, it, the 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 inexperience is is huge. And I mean, I mean, this not not even in the squad they picked in the the players head of them and great, They're still the best side they could have picked, and it just shows how far and would have to go that they have been outplayed despite picking the best in they could. And the fact that this new team is just so inexperienced, it's going it, to, it, yeah, it, I mean, well, I don't, it, it could get worse before it gets better in that they'll probably lose the second test, maybe not quite as heavily, but they'll probably lose it. But I do I do think there is real hope for them going forward in the winter in that this test doesn't make England a bad team as well. As, yeah, because as you say, they got closer drawing it, even though they didn't play that well, which says something about the surface uh but they're also an experience only so you going to get better.
0: I think somebody who who leads this test with real real extra credit at the bank is Joe Denley. Denley was uh really excellent today and it was it was only a ball that spat up from the surface unexpectedly that that accounted for him.
2: Yeah, he's he's proved a lot of people wrong over the last uh four tests really. Uh he just kind of looks like he's got everything in order kind of whenever he goes to bat, which is not something you can say about like a lot of England players in in recent history, like um, it's yeah, he's 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 not he doesn't look like he's going to average forty in Test cricket, but he does look like he can be more than us. Like I think even when he got picked for this tour, and people thought that's the right thing to do, they were still only saying it as like a stopgap mm-hmm. pick until maybe Pope was ready to move up the order or someone else made the their uh, stage claiming counter career. But he looks like, like I mean, he's, he's not that old. Uh, he, he could th- there's no reason why he couldn't bat for like another year two years in the test side and have like you know and and, and fair play to him he just like uh, I don't think I don't think anyone thought it was going to happen when he came into side originally and uh and he, he just he just looks a test cricketer doesn't he which yeah. is
0: yeah I mean age-wise there's no reason why he he shouldn't go to the to Australia in a couple of years time if he continues to play well thanks Ben this has been the Wisden Cricket Daily Podcast We'll be back for our weekly show later on in the week before we go back to our dailies for the second test of the series that starts on Thursday night UK time. If you have enjoyed our daily pods, tell your friends and if you're in an extra good mood, leave us a five star review. Cheers.
2: Health Network.